0: Herded into the shelter of the curtain walls began to roast alive, and with the burning flesh of animals outside the walls was mingled the scent of the burning flesh of men, horrified, they watched, hidden in the trees, hands clutching the mossy trunks, fingernails clawing at the lichen-stained bark, far below, they heard the crash as the roof of the keep fell, and they saw the sparks fly up in the wind a curtain of shimmering red against the smoke-filled sky. When they woke, suddenly, with a sweat of fear icy on their bodies, they lay staring up at the ceiling in the dark, and then slowly moved their heads, still hardly daring to move, to look towards the window, where the sky was growing light behind the shoulder of the hill. They climbed from the bed and padded to the window, leaning on the cold stone of the sill, looking out between the mullions, shivering, knowing that it had been a dream, seeing the sky clear, watching the silver crescent of the moon lying on its back above the trees. Two women. Two ice-cold silver dawns, centuries apart. One endless nightmare. CHAPTER ONE THE PRESENT DAY, TOWARDS THE END OF SEPTEMBER Take care of Pepper. Tell him I love him. Sue handing her keys, laughing, giving her a quick hug, then running down the steep, uneven stone steps to the gate in her waiting car. You remember where everything is. Enjoy. The engine revs. She is gone. Wendy stands listening as the car takes the succession of Z-bends down the steep, single-track lane with its high banks and its wild hedges until the sound of the engine is swallowed by the silence. She is alone. Slowly she turns and surveys her new home. A year, rent-free, in exchange for looking after an ancient house with mullioned windows and a moss-covered slate roof, and an old grumpy cat called Pepper... Overwhelmed with unexpected happiness, she begins to smile. He's too old to go into a cattery, Andy. It would kill him. He needs to stay at home. He needs someone to feed him regularly and make sure the house is warm. That's all. He won't need anything else. He's his own man. Well, his own cat. And he knows you. Sue's voice was pleading. Though she had already known that Andy would say yes. Yes, the cat had met her, once, for a couple of weeks when she and Graham had stayed here with Sue four summers ago. Andy's smile faded at the memory, then it returned. In her head, for a moment, the house was full of the sound of Sue's irrepressible laughter and Graham's deep guffaws. Exhausted after the long drive, She sat down on the cold stone slab of the top step and, hugging her knees, stared down over the almost vertical wild rock garden which fronted the ancient stone building, down towards the parking space, no more than a lay-by, really, off the narrow lane, occupied now only by her old Passat. She could see the low sun glinting on its dark blue roof, almost hidden by the tangle of autumn flowers. The car contained almost all she owned in the whole world. She hadn't expected this, to be suddenly and irrevocably homeless. "'It's your fault he died,' Rona Wilson, Graham's widow, shouted at Andy. "'If he had never met you, we would have been happy. He would be alive now.' It took Rona's sister Michelle to drag her away as Andy stood there, numb with shock, too overwhelmed with grief to move. "'Get out of our house!' Michelle almost spat the words at Andy. Go! Haven't you done enough damage here? Stealing Graham away from us? Killing him? Andy backed out of the room, turned and ran down the stairs. She shouldn't have been surprised. She knew Rona hated her. The woman had left Graham long before Andy had come into his life. Run off with another man. Left him as well and moved in with the second. Followed that one to the States. Come back with someone quite different... But never had she lost her sense of ownership. She didn't.